Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. Tears for zeros in myself. to Ukraine Plus Football, the new home of the number one English language podcast on Ukrainian football. With the number one source of Ukrainian football in English, Mr. Zoria Londonsk. Andrew, good evening, mate. How are you? Good evening, Adam. Yeah, it's been a long time coming this episode. We've moved to a new to a new platform. We're, tr- we're going alone. And yeah, looking forward to finding out a bit more about how we expect Ukraine to do this Euros. It's been long awaited and finally... Um, it's just right round the corner. You could almost touch it. It really is. It really is. And as well, I've got the English-speaking voice of Ukrainian football, Ray. Good evening, Art. Dressed for the occasion, I can see. Good evening, Adam. Good evening, guys. Pleased to meet you at our new format of our show. And uh, as for our topic tonight, uh, I have to say, like the famous actor says in uh, not so long ago, um, launched movie, Delusions. Delusions. <laughs> now, of course, as the guys mentioned there, big thank you to Stell and Shoot the Defence for giving us all the support over the last year. But we've uh, decided to go out on our own and we're really looking forward to the next 12 months 
of what we got ahead and lots of exciting adventures on the road. But as we know, Ukraine are now settling into life in their Bucharest training camp. Match day one is just a few days away, and we've got some great guests lined up for you tonight, people. First of all, as, as always, it wouldn't be a national team special on the Ukraine Plus Football podcast without Peter from the next way. Evening, Peter. How are you doing? Good evening. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited. The Panini album is full. <laughs> the uh, tournament's around the corner. The playlist's been on all the time. We've won the friendlies. The tournament's here. I'm excited. I can't wait. That's uh, great. How's everything with the next way? Real per personal thing here. Really appreciated the wonderful article about Stefan Chabenko this week. How's everything going over there? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, we're just finishing off our countdown stuff. So we've had the Victor Leonenko Hall of Fame um, and been inducting new profiles, promoting Ukrainian football, the great, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and like you say, this week we uh, have a profile every day and we started with um, the really sad tale of Stepan Chubenko, who, who knows, in a different world, we might have been talking about him in the squad today, unfortunately. Definitely, um, so. But... Yeah, it's, it's great to, to share his story and remind the world uh, of what's going on in a little bit. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And great today, we've dragged him away from his work in the UK. Uh, Ross Taylor, Sky Sports, number one Ukrainian commentator. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a huge field, that is. It's an absolute field. So, yeah, very much in a category of one at the moment. But I keep getting invited back, so I found my niche, at least on this, on this show. But... Uh, <laughs> Now, lovely to be invited back. And isn't this the great period where everybody, every nation is positive, aren't they, before the Euros? It usually lasts about five or six minutes into that first game where <laughs> all positivity dissipates instantly. Oh, thanks, Russ. How's everything been over there in the UK, the running and the season? I saw you enjoying yourself at Cheltenham recently <laughs> on Sky Sports. <laughs> Oh yeah, if you, if you see an uh, if you see a promotion pile on, you've just got to join in, haven't you? You know, uh, uh, but it's quite good. It's been such a long season over here that I think everyone sort of suffered a bit of football fatigue, and only now we start to gear up to the Euros. But I think people are quite positive in England. Actually, they're quite positive about the, you know about England doing well because so many of the games are over here. Cue uh, cue inevitable defeat to whoever's half decent in uh, in the knockout. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Definitely. We're really lucky tonight. First time joining us, Yevgen Levchenko. Good evening, Yevgen. How are you? Good evening, guys. Uh, yeah, happy to be here, actually. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to have a good uh, European Cup. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a really, really enjoyable cup. Not many, uh, not many people will be in the stadium. And... Uh, that's pity, actually. But anyway, I will follow it uh, from Ukraine. So I'd like to uh, Kiev to do broadcast from there. And um, actually, I spoke with a couple of players uh, from Ukrainian team, Zinchenko, actually, recently. And he was really, really happy to be back to, to Ukraine and actually uh, to play again because uh, he was quite uh, yeah, disappointed, of course. But uh, now he's back on track. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to share with you some moments. Uh, thank you. Thank you. For those of you from outside of Ukraine, Yevgen had an extensive career, not only in Ukraine, spent a lot of years in Holland, where you're based now. And also these days you commentate regularly. You're one of the expert pundits 
in the national team games. But before we dive into Ukraine, again, what's the mood like over there in Holland towards the tournament? How's, what's the attitude? Optimistic? Uh, you know, the, the, there are two things. Um, the Dutch national team, um, it's not, uh, not many people believe in the uh, Dutch national team. As always, normally Dutch uh, people are really happy about how Dutch national team plays. Uh, but at the moment, the squad is not uh, really yeah, in normal conditions, I would say, like this. Because even if you see the last game against uh, Georgia, the team wins quite easily. But the game was not like uh, everybody expects. Uh, everybody expect more attractive football, but you can't expect it from Frank de Boer because uh, <laughs> this is not his way of playing football. So I know him quite well. And even from uh, Ajax time, I see that he will not be so attractive as everybody expects. And even with the system, how he plays, many people criticize him, still criticize him about this system. So I'm wondering if he will uh, hold it in this way, but definitely uh, there are there is a difficult way for dutch team to uh, yeah to get everybody satisfied but anyway there are a lot of talk in town uh, and many people are happy that euro starts that's good to see it's great you know it's absolutely fantastic that we've, we're finally here of course 12 months later than, than we expected. Seems a long time ago that the qualification period took place, but Andrew, just for us, he's going to give us just a brief summary of what's been going on. Yep, absolutely. You could only imagine that qualifying for this tournament took place a whole two years ago. Um, started in March of 2019. Portugal, 0-0 draw, solid result there. Then a very lucky 2-1 win against Luxembourg away. Then I think everything all started coming into its own when Ukraine beat Serbia 5-0. A nice narrow 1-0 victory against Luxembourg again before a big win against Lithuania away. Another win against Lithuania. Portugal, the famous 2-1 victory with all the, with all the Icelandic claps in the middle of the Olympijski. Amazing atmosphere, which secured the qualification. And then the draw, thanks to Besedin's last-minute goal, and his sort of last fruitful action for Zbirna since to ensure that Ukraine were top seed in their Euro 2020 uh, final group as they are today. Yeah, you're quite right there. And of course, we've had these three games take place over the last week uh, against Bahrain, Northern Ireland and Cyprus. I know the guys, you've been busy watching it all for us. How did the, the Bahrain game go, Andrew? Yes, yeah, so I was in Harkiv for that game. Um, well... As we all know, that that match was more of a sort of a fitness test for Shevchenko's men. He didn't have all his big top European stars to call upon because they were still playing for their league sides. Um, so we only had the UPL players, um, a couple Belgians and Alexander Zubkov from Hungary. And I mean, it was a bit of a struggle to watch. Ukraine were really sort of hot off the heels, opening 20 minutes. You know, they looked quite sharp. And then just because they couldn't finish off their chances, it was sort of that same old um, decline into the rest of the game. And you could see this was going to drag on and on. And then Trubin gave away a really sort of unnecessary uh, penalty. Bahrain surprisingly took the lead. And it was all thanks to um, second half substitute Viktor Tsahankov, who um, combined with Artem Dovbik, who was also another sub. 
and they ensured that blushes were spared uh, against Bahrain and that Ukraine's 2021 continues unbeaten um, so far. But I mean, just looking on the back on that, Shevchenko after the match said he's not worried about the result, very much just fitness and sort of getting into the groove of the national team fixtures that are coming up. It was an interesting match, wasn't it? Well, uh, you've been busy whizzing all over the place over the last week. Then we had, for us, especially, I guess, for the Brits here tonight in particular, it was the game that had an extra little sort of appeal to was the the friendly down in Dnipro against Northern Ireland, Peter. You caught that game for us, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, was a good game, actually. Um, It was a strong lineup. Um, Sheva named... Almost his strongest available squad, Zinchenko, hadn't joined up with the squad um, due to the Champions League final. And Stepanenko was uh, placed on the bench. But otherwise, I think it's just pretty close to the starting eleven that we might see at the tournament. Again, we came out of the blocks really quickly. We made a load of chances. And luckily this time, we did actually score a fantastic assist by Alexander Karavayev and Zubkov with a back post header. Uh, and Zubkov is a man who really needed that goal, I think, after um, some of the missed chances in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, so that was a real boost for him and the team, just getting the early goal. Unfortunately, um, our usual habits continued and we missed too many chances. Um, you know, Yaremchuk was guilty of a few of them um, and a lot of the players, really. So in that first half, we could have scored, you know, three or four. I think we had 11 attempts on goal. Uh, and couldn't finish. Fortunately, this time, um, we kept a clean sheet. Uh, Bushjan pulled off a couple of good saves. Um, he basically staked his claim as the number one. Uh, I think we'll see that in the tournament. And then when the when the substitutions came, I think we slowed down a little bit. Um, at half-time, Zubkov and Yaremchuk came off. They said in and Marlos came on and they were not as mobile. So while Zubkov was running in behind the defenders, we weren't having that in the second half and it came a little bit stodgier. Northern Ireland came back into the game, um, but it was still a good contest, a good workout, positive, you know, clean sheet, a win, no injuries, important minutes for Andriy Yarmolenko. So, you know, Northern Ireland aren't at the tournament, but they're as good as opposition, European opposition as you could get that aren't at the tournament. So, all in all, could finish a bit better, good, but, you know, I think it was a good, good workout for us. And of course, we've sort of finished up this trio of warm-up matches just recently. Back up in Kharkiv, they've been whizzing across the country, back to the base against Cyprus. Bit of a, a sort of celebratory attitude by the end of the night, from what I could tell, Ray. You could say so, Adam. Well, you can say it was decided after the penalty given away uh, for the foul on Zubkov and sent off for Cyprus defender. Yarma scored it uh, with a very expressive celebration. He had to score it and to reach uh, a 40 goal mark for Zbirna, uh, including his second goal in this game, of course, after the Yarma penalty. There was also one more penalty uh, which was scored by Zinchenko. Uh, Yaremchuk scored after a great attack, uh, almost one touch combination by uh, four players involved. And finally, Yarma scored his second after a uh, and failed step over uh, skill, uh, but still a ricochet helped him to uh, send the ball into the net. Uh, you could say that um, it was a game of wasted chances at first, as usual. It, the three games uh, matched up with those uh, uh, problems with scoring for our team. 
experiments uh, in the roster were, um, I, in my opinion, managed to catch uh, the boor of guards as uh, Zabarni started on as right back to block, sort of block this area uh, for uh, attacking because Malinowski was not visible in the pitch in this game. Zina was uh, called upon to make the difference and he successfully did so. Uh, I should say that Yermolenko is quite limited in his performance. Uh, there's huge reliance on him from the team and uh, he still managed to uh, perform right foot crosses which uh, end up in the throw-in every time. And his stepovers, well, he was lucky to score two goals and good for him. But uh, I don't see him in the squad, honestly. And that's not getting delusional, as I said in the beginning. Um, we're still not going to need some extinguishers during the tournament. As uh, we had uh, the game decided after a red card and the penalty, we scored two penalties, which I can remember hap- when, ha- when this happened to our team in one game. Uh, we had one great attack after we were two goals up. And finally ricochet to settle the score. So um, I would say um, it's still uh, quite tricky to predict anything for our team. Nice one, Ray. So I'm going to bring Yevhen into here. Yevhen, do you think that the opponents that UAF chose for the warm-up games, do you think they were strong enough to prepare Zbirna for the three opponents that we've got coming up in the group stages? Yeah, it's difficult to say. Of course, uh, if you see the quality of the games, they were not the, the top games. Uh, <clears throat> definitely, if you see last game, you see that uh, Ukraine uh, national team played quite easy against uh, Cyprus. In my opinion, you can find maybe one better opponent. Um, but the thing is that I've spoke with some players before before the first game, before the second game, and they said they were training quite ha- hard. And this is uh, maybe that you you would not see the perfect uh, performance on the field against Bahrain, but um, of course those matches you should play much much better. I agree with you. But anyway, I understand that uh, Andrei Shevchenko. Uh, talked to many players and he said, guys, uh, the result is not important at this stage. We have to, we have to be on the same level uh, physically and uh, mentally. Uh, and uh, this is what they're working, uh, I think, past uh, two weeks to bring all the players on the same stage. And I hope they, they reach this, uh, this level. I wouldn't say the, the problem is that mo- in this moment that we uh, lose a lot of chances. And um, as you see, Yarmolenko is not really fit enough. But still, uh, there is no, no one who can be so important on, uh, in this squad as him. I would say he will play from the first minutes, definitely. Uh, maybe he would not perform all match, but uh, he will start because uh, he, he still still has this this power actually and his uh, influence. I'm really happy that uh, Zinchenko back uh, and Malinowski, especially Zinchenko, because he's like um, he become really a leader for this team. And um, hopefully, the problem of Ukraine, as I see, if we got under pressure, uh, that that point, as I see, many teams can put us under pressure. The, 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 the transition from uh, defending position to uh, attacking, that would be very difficult for us. If Dutch or uh, Austria will put us under pressure, that's very important how Zinchenko and Malinowski will perform. 
this is in my opinion the key to the to the success yeah thank you again for that it was interesting you mentioned austria because i was curious to pick on ross here about uh, the austrian team england played austria recently in a one of their warm-up games and people have said the austrian team and the northern ireland team are, are very similar in setups would you would you agree with that sentiment I think so, but read nothing into friendlies. The thing is, it's all about you know building up to a tournament. You look at what the Germans do before every tournament. They'll go and play a team and they'll hammer them because they build, They did it with Latvia the other night and they'll build up confidence. The last thing you often want to do pre-tournament is play a really, really difficult game and pick up injuries. You all remember, the, remember when Zinedine Zidane injured himself against South Korea before a World Cup. So it's all about every, every one of those players knows what Sheva wants from them by now. So it's all about building up to fitness. You know, don't worry about the results. So, you know, we look, I had a look at Austria. Yeah, they're OK, but it can't replicate tournament football. And it never can. You know, one of the things that's impressed me about Ukraine in the friendlies is for the first half particularly, it's been the tempo. They've actually had a go and actually look, I know they're missing chances, but they're creating chances, which has often been the problem. We've all grown up watching Ukraine trying to score the perfect goal, haven't we? You've got to score it from four, you know, one yard out after 62 passes. It's got to be a pullback. There's no other way of scoring a goal, but at least you're making chances. And that's really, really important. But nothing, nothing, you know, friendlies won't replicate anything. So you can match up against Northern Ireland and say, well, Northern Ireland are like Austria. But on the day, everything goes out the window. It's all going to be about how Ukraine reacts when they get to the tournament and make sure they don't freeze. But remember, this is the first time they've qualified outright as well. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've got to be positive about this, but nothing will replicate actually being at the tournament. It's nice to have, you know, echo what Jethan said about Zinchenko and Malinovsky, two players in the middle who can dictate play, who can control play. So because the opposition they'll face in Holland will give them plenty of problems. North Macedonia went to Germany and won in a friendly the other week. You, you can't see them actually going to win in, against Germany in a major tournament. So don't read too much into it. I think uh, let's see how we get on in the tournament and, and let's see how, you know, that first game against Holland will be a massive, massive test. And let's see how they can react against facing one of the big guns. Just want to get your opinion on a couple of players, one in particular who stood out in that Northern Ireland game in the first half. Uh, Peter mentioned it earlier. Subkov. Uh, do you think he's ready to take on sort of the stronger nations? Is he ready to pick up his performances on the on the national on the international sort of scale there? And also, what's you have you been surprised by Yaromolenko? You know, we discussed it then with Yevgen. After having watched him in the Premier League this year, have you noticed that sort of step up in the last couple of games with his energy? And do you think he could he's still got a tournament in him? He has. You know what he's going to do, though, don't you? Everyone knows what he's going to do. When he gets the opportunity, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to cut in and, and look to shoot. You know, it's about stopping him doing that. He doesn't look fit, unfortunately, but he's a great, he's a great outlet. And the thing is, Ukraine are going to play on the counter at some points, particularly against the Dutch. So that's where using him and getting him out wide and getting him in position to cut through and try and make things, he could well be an outball. You kind of going to play teams and they'll know what Yarmolenko is going to bring. They'll you know, know what Malinovsky's Zinchenko will. But Zubkov will be a bit of an unknown quality. And I quite like the fact he hangs on that last man and actually gives you an option to go long, which is something you seldom see Ukraine do, actually go long and to give himself an option. So I think he's, I, I like him. I do like him. He's done well. I know we mentioned before about Zinchenko. Zinchenko's been you know, a massive surprise package over here because he's always seen as a bit of a weak link in the Man City team. But as, as, the, as the season's gone, he's got better and better and better. And I think it's a, you know, what a huge, you know, again, to echo what Yevans said, what a huge opportunity it is for him at this major tournament to be a leader all of a sudden. But yeah, like Zubkov, Yarmolenko, you know what he's going to do, but can other teams stop him? At least he's a danger and that's what you need in the tournament is a threat. Yeah. 
You're quite right. Now, we've had our final guest. We've been keeping him secret in the corner of the Zoom room for the last 20 minutes. But really honoured, really happy to welcome Roman Bebek back with us again. Roman, how are you doing, first of all? How are, how are you? Uh, hi, uh, I, I am happy to hear you, my friend. I prepare for Euro like uh, all the football people in our world. So a lot of work now. We prepare a new studio. We prepare about the new some rubrics, some new. So need a lot of time, more time. I need more time. I'd love to ask you, Roman, first of all, about the Cyprus game the other night. Uh, in your opinion, did the red card just have that really strong impact on the game? Was that the, the moment when the game was over in terms of as a preparation game? Uh, yeah, sure. This red card has a big impact, uh, had a big impact for the game. But I think uh, this opponents, our Ukrainian opponents before the Euro, not a strong team, you know, Bahrain, uh, uh, Northern Ireland and Cyprus. It's not a team which uh, give for us information about the national team. It's good that before the Euro, we, we won uh, Cyprus, it's a good, it's very good because it's atmosphere, people believe for the wins. But we, I think we have not a picture about uh, in what condition now the national team, you know. So I think maybe it will be, it will be the problem for us because we not play for, against team like Austria, like Netherlands, like that. My opinion, uh, we don't know about the real situation with our team because during this... Uh, Pretty much time, pre-Euro pre time, we need to play against one strong team, one strong team to understand about the our level. Quite right, very well put there. Uh, are you happy though to have seen all the goals? Four goals, two penalties, okay, but can we take some positives from that? The, the team have now gone to Bucharest on a positive, more rock-beat note than pre-the Cyprus game. Yes, it's a big positive because uh, our national team not scored uh, a lot of goals last time. Uh, last uh, last games, not more than one goal. So at the one game, four goals, it's very good. It's, it's good for atmosphere. I said that. I'm happy really with all the country, but I'm a little bit uh, strange before the year because uh, before uh, our president, Andriy Pavelko, came to be president of federation, we also have this problem. We not played against strong team. We all time playing against Georgia, Moldova, Cyprus, and it, it was a big problem. But at the start of the work of Pavelko, he tried to change that. He tried to play against Italy and team like that. But I don't know why before the Euro, before this big tournament for our country and for the president federation, because it's big politics, this result at the Euro need for him. Because uh, we have a lot of problem in our country with football for young people, with the pitches, with another problem. And uh, this national team, all people see now for the national team. If national team will be a good result at the Euro, Pavelko, our president, said everything is good, everything is okay, everything is correct. We, if will be not good result and not go to the playoffs, will be a big critics. He's good, understands that. So now he's give all the money for the national team. Shevchenko said, I want a new coach. I need a guy from uh, Italy. One more, please. Now I think uh, staff like uh, eight coaches. It's good. It's, it's professional. We understand. We see for the Guardiola how he's work. 
But I want to give a message for all the people that Shevchenko have in national team Ukraine. He has what he wants, you know, because I give you another example. A young, uh, young team where coach uh, Ruslan Rutan, uh, under 21, they had tournament Cup Lobanovsky at a very bad result. Uh, they lose Azerbaijan and another small team. And uh, people don't know why. Because his team uh, prepare for this tournament only two days. Only two days. After the Ukrainian competition stopped at uh, 9 of May, uh, his, his players, 21, these young players, uh, had uh, two weeks of the holiday. And only two days for prepare, you know. And then he, his team is play only two days prepares. That's why this result. It's one of the reasons. Shevchenko has a prepare like one month for this Euro. One month. I think not, not, uh, not give me information about another country from the Euro who has such a big time to prepare. So we need to understand what's the, what's the time, what's the, how, how many money Federation give for the national team. Because it's big politics. You've given us a lot of food, food for thought there, Roman. You certainly have. Thank you for that. Uh, Yevgen, I'd like to bring you back in here. Just curious about some of the selections that Shevchenko made uh, during the games. Why didn't uh, Dovbik get any chances during those last few matches to play, in, in your opinion? Is there something going on there? I don't know, you know, the, uh, I like Dobik very much. Uh, I, I put it on Twitter as well. I like his way of playing. I like his mobility. Um, I like his way of thinking and he's quite strong as I see and, and quick. So in my opinion, he should play much more. Sometimes I'm not agree with, uh, with Shevchenko about his uh, substitution, but uh, yeah, you know, some, some people criticize him. And uh, especially now when you have, uh, uh, when Mariash is injured, you would say that uh, Dovbik would be get some more minutes to play. I'm not a big fan of uh, Besedin, as you see. I've, uh, I've been criticizing him many times, but I'm happy he's on squad now because he's a different kind of player. But this is not a player we need actually for uh, for this position. I'm happy with uh, Roman Yeremchuk at the moment because he is, I would say, on fire. Uh, someone from, from you mentioned that he always in a good position, I think. And I think we create a lot of chances. That, that's been a long time we've, we've been creating so, so many chances as, as we do it now. So this is the work, I would say, of the coaches of national team. As I speak with the players, they said, okay, we know some, we, we, we understand better tactics, we know how to move. And this is, as a, as a result, we have that, uh, we, we create some more chances. Still, I think we have um, players like Dovbik uh, and also Sudakov that uh, came in and many, many people in Ukraine were criticizing uh, Shevchenko about, about his uh, substitute. But I think he was, he was not bad, in my opinion. And such a players, in my opinion, young players deserve to be in squad. I hear information about Dobik uh, has uh, some uh, little injury before this game at the trainings. That's why he is not playing against Cyprus. I mean, but th there is like, sometimes Shevchenko doesn't give him a lot of confidence. Uh, in my opinion, he, in my opinion, he is in potentially really higher than Besedin. So I would say you would try him many more times. So, so hopefully he will get more minutes to play uh, this Euro. Let's see. 
I, I had the interview with, with Dolk uh, and me at the, at the first time at this um, training camp before the year and after the competition stopped Ukrainian. At the first three days, Shevchenko all time, Dobik this, during the training, Dobik, do that, do that, why are you here? At the bus, at the bus, he's also, Dobik, why you sit here? And uh, people at the, and his teammates said, why, why Shevchenko all time speak about him? Maybe he's very like him, very lucky, Dobik. And uh, it's a little strange for Dobik because Shevchenko has, has just such big uh, individually attention at so attention for maybe, maybe you maybe you never know maybe Shevchenko wants to take his place and still play yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly um i mean well we've been speaking about all these players i guess i'll bring peter in here give us an overview of the squad to maybe people who don't know like the full the full players that have been called up who has really impressed over these past three games and you know who who do you think is going to be making the biggest impact um this summer yeah, so we'll start at the back and work forward. So um, Shevchenko used all three goalkeepers in the in the three friendlies, um, and that's Anatoly Trubin from Shakhtar, Hiori uh, Bushjan from Dynamo, and Andriy Piatov also from Shakhtar. As we said, Trubin made the slight error for the penalty. Bushjan put in a really good performance, and Piatov didn't really have much to do. Um, but I think Bushjan has probably done enough over the season, uh, and Shevchenko obviously trusts him, so uh, he's pretty much cemented as the number one, I, I would imagine. Um, at centre-backs, again, it's Shakhtar pairing and a Dynamo pairing. Um, again, it's experience and youth. So from Shakhtar, there's Krivtsov and Matvienko. Um, and then Denis Popov and Ilya Zabarny from Dynamo. Um, Popov, I don't think, has got many minutes. He got some against Bahrain. Um, but I think he's clearly the fourth choice. Um, and I think Sheva will probably go with Zabarny and Matvienko um, with... Krivtsov as, as the first backup uh, centre-back. Um, Zabarny, like we mentioned before, played at right-back um, in the last friendly, which was a little bit of a surprise. I believe Timchik's got a bit of a knock, um, so it'd be interesting to see how that develops. But Karabayev, again, he's had a fantastic season, um, got the assist for the Zubkov goal. Um, and at left-back, it is uh, Vitaly Mikolenko and uh, Eduard Sobol, who were both fantastic options. So I think they've both look good during the season and in these last couple of games it's hard to pick I don't think any of them have done anything wrong but you know I think we'll go with Mikolenko one interesting thing that we've not seen a lot of it or play we've not seen a lot of is Taras Stepanenko um, he's had a bit of interruption throughout the season uh, and she was used in sparingly in these friendlies but given his experience I'd anticipate that you know he'll he'll be the start starting holding midfielder. Um, but again, good options there with Yevhen Makarenko and Serhii Sezerchuk backing up. They've got some good minutes. Um, then obviously in, in centre-mids, Zinchenko and Malinovsky pick themselves. They just look, Zinchenko in particular, just looks really a bit more assured. Um, I know Shaparenko played in the games before. Again, he's had a good season. He's done well, but he's just not got that same... You know, one-touch quality, I don't think, as, as Zinchenko. Malinovsky, again, we all know all about him. He's a fantastic season. Um, can create something from nothing. Luckily, he's not wasted one of his Thunderbolts in the friendlies. So, we'll see one of them during the tournament, no doubt. Um, and then up front, like we've, we've mentioned, Yaren Chuk. Um, he's a starter. And I'd agree with, um, with what you've hence said about Dolbeck. I'd have him as my first backup because I've not been particularly impressed with Bersedin. I think he's a bit static, immobile, and he slows us down. 
you know, maybe if we're desperate in the last minutes and we're playing Hoofall, then he's an option. But I think if we need um, an impact, I would personally go with Dolpik. Um, and maybe who knows, after Roman saying she was paying him special attention, uh, it might just pay off. Um, again, Marlos is obviously an option in an attacking position, but again, he's a bit slow. Uh, he's obviously fantastic technically, but um, compared to Zubkov, I think he's impressed. I've been critical of Zubkov, uh, particularly after the March March qualifiers, but I've actually been impressed with his direct running. He's got his goal. That's a bit of confidence. Um, so I'm happy with that. And on the other side, obviously, Yarmolenko, we've talked about him already. Um, it's just a shame we haven't seen anything of it because Sihankov, again, he's another one with a slight knock. So hopefully that's not too serious and he can make an impact. Um, and then obviously, Sudakov's come on occasionally. I think like most people, I've not really seen too much of him and he's a bit of a wild card. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Sheva uses him. If he turns to him, he's obviously giving him some minutes in the friendly. I think he was more impressive against Northern Ireland than Cyprus. But then I don't know if we need something special. Who do you turn to? Do you put the young kid on and hope for the best? Or do you go with the likes of Roman Bezos, who again, he was a late call-up, didn't play in any of the friendlies. But we, we know what he's about and he's had a good end to the season. So luckily I'm not the person making the calls. Maybe I'd go with experience, <laughs> but a wild card. Who knows? Um, I think it's an interesting squad. Obviously there's a couple of Established names missing, like we said, uh, Junior Marais, Yvonne uh, Konopianka. But to be honest, I'm I'm not too upset that obviously don't want them to be injured, but I'm not too upset that they're not at the tournament. Um, but it's going to be a good. One. I think overall positive. Yeah, I think we've got good depth uh, relatively, so I'm I'm happy with the squad. I'm confident we're going with a good team. I think. Uh, yeah, and just to jump in with uh, one of the players, uh, Tsihankov. Uh, do we have any reason to worry about his fitness issues? Are they going to give us any problems within our, our playing style in this tournament? Uh, you know, we, we're all hoping that uh, Sigankov can perform on his, on his best. Uh, when he fits, he's one of the best players. He's one of the talented players. I think you've all been reading interviews of, the, of many coaches, uh, uh, Luchesco, I think, recently told in the media that uh, he is the one of the talented uh, players uh, he's ever seen. So hopefully he will be f- physically all right. And I like his performance all the time I watch. Uh, he is quick, he, is, uh, he has uh, mobility, he is uh, calm. So in my opinion, he, is the, he would be very, very useful for this team, definitely. And uh, yeah, of course, he can play even on both sides. So. Uh, in my opinion, it would be nice. Someone mentioned Zubkov um, of you guys, and in my opinion, you know, I was criticizing him some some uh, months ago because he was like uh, we call it like a wood, you know, because he was the, the ball was uh, springing off his legs and he couldn't he couldn't even pass the players. But at the moment, as I see past games, he gained some. Um, um, I don't know, um, maybe confidence, and I like it in his style. You see that he would, that we need such a player as a Zubkov. Um, he he looks a bit like a Suarez in his young years. Hopefully, he will reach some high level as Suarez. But I see him playing, and I would say, okay, I see he is really, really he's trying to you know press to the limits, and uh, that, that that I like very much and. 
So Enzovkov, and in my opinion, he's very important. So he is as passionate as Suarez from Groningen, right? Yeah, yeah, Suarez from Groningen. Because <laughs> I, I remember Suarez, he was also like, uh, he don't give a mm about anything. So he just uh, <laughs> going through, he just uh, kicking, running, rush. Uh, and I think such a player we need in, in our sport. Siganko uh, mm -hmm. is, of course, different kind of player, but um, hopefully he will make next step in his career and uh, I will definitely move to another club. I see he's so ready for another level and I think uh, two years ago he would move, he should move from uh, from Dynamo. Yes, I would like also say about Sihankov, I also think it's uh, unbelievable players uh, for Ukrainian this generation because uh, he's uh, not traditional all-time creative uh, chances he makes but uh, for, for my opinion, in, in summary, very top football player, it's about his intelligence, uh, his technically, it's about the healthy, yes? If you if you good healthy, but not intelligence, you're stupid players, you know? And if you not have a technical like a boot, you know, you're not, you will be like besieging sometimes, you know, you understand what I mean. And Tsehanko has a, a good intelligence, he's very strong, uh, what idea, good idea, what he wants, what he do. He's uh, good technically also, not like Ukrainian players. He's like maybe Spanish or Netherlands. But all times he has a problem with the healthy. Uh, I think he's not now in the Europe because first reason Dynamo uh, wants uh, such a huge money for him. And uh, second reason, because he is not stability, no all-time injury, all-time have a problem this with the healthy. And this... Uh, that's why he's stopped not now in Milan or Napoli or Ajax or Barcelona. In potential, it's a very, very strong players. About the first 11, I think uh, after these three games, we, we understand some position. Uh, my prediction, I would like one minute to give you my prediction. Hold, hold it. We're going we're gonna to ask you later. We're going to okay. ask you later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I would like only, mm, how would say, I would like to only discuss about one position. It's uh, central midfielder, central midfielder. Mm -hmm. At three will be Malinovsky, Zinchenko. It's uh, 100%. And one discuss about the Stepanenko or Sidorchuk. Because Stepanenko has a problem with the injury sometimes during this mm -hmm. season. And I think this position, we don't know who will be here. Roman, whilst I got you here, though, I do want to ask you uh, some just on a different direction a little bit. Okay, no problem. Yeah, you mentioned about Shevchenko being having this training camp for one month since the season's yes. finished. How has that helped build the, the attitude, the atmosphere in the team? Is it a very strong, tight group? Is it a positive atmosphere? And how do you think that's going to help Sabina going into the tournament? You know, we will be that after only after the Euro. You know, if will be good result, uh, everyone said Shevchenko is unbelievable coach. He's ready to work at the Milan or Barcelona. If no result, people say, it, "Why you need once one one month? What are you doing after the very how it's a difficult season for the players? A lot of uh, games. <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, physically." mentally problem you know they need to have a, another training camp you know it's not it's very difficult for the players to, to be one month during at the at this camp mm -hmm. and uh, Shevchenko not have a lot of a lot of team because only one week ago 
Kam Malinovsky, Yarenchuk, or Zinchenko only some days. Uh, and we, I think, I think uh, he has a time. It's positive for him. He understands. He sees players at the training. He understands uh, how these people work, how work a Dobik or another young player, Sudakov. He has a very good attitude for Sudakov. And uh, he sees what's the potential of these players, you know. Uh, he sees his technically, his mobility, uh, how his idea at the players. And my opinion now, it's a good uh, that Shevchenko has at that, that time. But I against when Shevchenko and his team, he is, um, I would say, uh, he's killed a Ukrainian competition when he said, I need to early stop uh, this Ukrainian competition, you know. I not hear that coach of the England or coach of the Italian said, uh, my friends, let's stop the competition three weeks before. I, I think people at the Serie A or English Premier League said, are you stupid, guy? We make a business. What you want? You have a time for this camp two weeks. Come, come home. At the Ukrainian Shevchenko, his opinion, he is like, uh, he, he said for us what football is mean. He uh, needs a time for that. That's why uh, he's uh, killed Ukrainian competition, I think. Uh, thanks for that. I see, Ross, you were, you were smile, smiling at that. Now, obviously, you're over there in the UK. Um, there's been a lot of discussion in the UK as well regarding the tournament. Um, how is the Ukrainian team uh, perceived over there? Are we a, a dark horse, a threat? Are we expected to get out the groups? What, what sort of the view of the you know, in the UK of, of the Ukrainian national team going in? Well, Ukraine have been perceived quite a lot in the news uh, very recently across every major news channel for the past 24 hours. I don't think Joma could ever dream of better advertising across the world, could they? Because that's where everyone's hearing. So suddenly people have taken an interest in the Ukrainian national team for uh, not necessarily just for the uh, on-pitch reasons. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one because they... There is a perception that they get to tournaments and, and for want of a better term, don't perform. And, uh, and I think they are seen as dark horses. No one's getting overly excited about how far Ukraine will go in this tournament because it's the, it's the, you're looking at the major big teams. Uh, I'm afraid you, the likes of your France and your Germany and even, you know, even England are getting a little bit positive. So they are seen as real dark horses in trying to do something. There's a little bit more interest now because there's a couple of players playing over uh, in, the, in the Premier League in Zinchenko and, and Yarmolenko. But to be brutally honest, the expectations from the English public, there's not really any expectations on Ukraine because they've slipped under the radar up until yesterday where suddenly there's a lot of interest in Ukrainian football all of a sudden. So uh, I'll have to say, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I'd love to come and say, yeah, they're seen as dark horses. You know, people in England will think they'll do something. There's not a great deal. They, if they achieve, they're going to go completely under the radar because but for those two players, there's not a great deal of knowledge about the Ukrainian national team. Perhaps Malinovsky as well, because he's linked so much with uh, coming over to the Premier League and how well he's doing with Atalanta. But no, I can't, I can't, offer you, I can't say to you lads, all of England is saying Ukraine has this in the bag i'm afraid i'll say that uh now of course yeah andrew you you've been busy over the last 24 hours as well for things that have been going what what what, what is this small uh, news article well we've been waiting for months for the new ukraine kit to come out and it finally was revealed on a week before the euro starts so 
I think the main issue for Ukrainians is them actually being able to buy the kit. Um, that's actually not going to be released, I think, until mid-June, end of June, end of this week, and then you're going to have to pre-order it, something like that. So that's all a big palaver. But the, the global sort of phenomenon of this all um, comes from the noisy neighbours and their sort of throwing the toys out the pram because Ukraine have got their map of their internationally recognized borders um a sort of outline in the center of their in the center of their shirts and also they've got the popular patriotic ukrainian slogan glory to ukraine glory to the heroes on the shirt and russia as good as as they are at their stupid disinformation uh, campaigns have started again and as we have already alluded to um as russ said you know andre pavelko didn't go too well about marketing this i think he just posted it on his facebook page as sort of the first big reveal of it and um like the uaf didn't post anything about it until i don't know a good 12 hours or something later but at the end of the day he didn't actually need to do any more because um you know russia <laughs> their their like terrestrial tv channels all that sort of stuff they were full in going in on Ukraine, spreading disinformation. And unfortunately, it's that disinformation which has made it across across the world onto, you know, outlets such as the BBC, which are sort of ha- having to be their neutral selves, peddling both sides of the of the argument, but including sort of stuff that is sort of completely inaccurate and um, false, which we won't even be repeating on this show because um, we won't be um, progressing the lies. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I asked Andriy Shevchenko after his Cyprus during his press conference a question that's since gone viral. What does he think of Russia's reaction? And he just simply put it, um, I don't care what their reaction is. Um, I know that our fans like the kit and that's all that matters. And at the end of the day, UEFA have already sent a statement out that all the kits at the Euros have been approved and nothing will be changed. No rules have been broken. And I think that's end of story. I just wish we put to bed, but unfortunately, every few hours or so, a news story about someone incorrectly reporting it keeps coming out. It does. Uh, guys, just a quick, well, not a show of hands, a yes or a no. Who's going to be buying this kit? Who can't wait for it to be released? Ross is already there. He's waiting for it to be shipped to the UK. I think it's absolutely, yeah. Everyone's already got one. I know. I so, you already have one, oh, Roman. We're you very know, jealous. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult to understand in your country, in uh, UK, in uh, Netherlands, how it's possible uh, before the five days for Euro, uh, Ukraine only presented the t-shirts, you know? I think it, it's, it's against the, all the rules of PRs, of the business of the football. But in Ukraine, only five days before uh, they did that, and if you want to buy uh, these T-shirts, uh, people really don't know where they buy. Only one magazine, it's Epicenter now, is uh, sell uh, these T-shirts. When when does it? Is it so at the end of this week? Or if I'm if I'm right, when it's available for pre-order, and then in we'll Ukraine, be... yeah, Sorry, in the Ukraine, yeah, in the Ukrainian shops, um, unfortunately. But globally, that's another question which we probably won't find out for a while. As as Andrew said. We have to de- we have to mention it because it has been a global issue, but it's not worth then going in any deeper because we don't want to give it the 
you know, the substance that this information but what, feeds off. Yeah, but one thing I do want to add is probably given the most publicity of like a Ukraine shirt to just general Ukrainians that I've seen across sort of social media, you know, people have been DMing me all the time mm -hmm. about where can you buy this? But unfortunately, I've not been much help in that regard. <laughs> Uh, I, I saw the British, the British Embassy in Ukraine, the American Embassy in Ukraine, all, all tweeting pictures showing their support of the kit, which I think is absolutely wonderful to see. But anyway, now, now for the, the fun part of the evening, guys. Uh, Roman, I know you were eager, first of all. What would be your starting lineup for the Holland game? Who, are, who is your first 11? Uh, Bushan uh, and the goals. Uh... Central defenders Zabarny and Matvienko, left uh, Mikolenko, right Karavayev, uh, central midfielder is this, uh, Stepanenko or Sidorchuk, I said about that. It's only one position where I don't know what you Shevchenko, uh, right Yarmolenko, left Zubkov, uh, central Zinchenko and Malinovsky, and uh, our goal scorer will be uh, Yaremchuk. Mm -hmm. I think uh, this. Uh Peter, agree with that, or do you see? I mean, do you see Stepanenko coming in? Um, yeah, I can pretty much agree. But yeah, it's just that uncertainty. If Stepanenko's fit, I do believe he will start. But if there's still doubts about it, then um, you know we could see Sidorchuk. But I think Sidorchuk's come on quite a bit uh, in the last eighteen months, so it wouldn't be you know as big a shock as it used to be seeing him because we've seen a bit more of him. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that lineup. The, the one interesting thing um, that I would say is it'll be interesting if we do progress, and we might talk about it, you might talk about this later down the line. If you know, say we play France in the knockout stages, if Sheva reverts to the the three centre backs and that that formation, because it looks like he'll start with the four three three type, um, but later on if he does revert and he's got that in the bag at least, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. Mm. Or you know, if we're one 0 and we're hanging on. If, if he goes to that as well. So that'd be just something to keep an eye on. But lineup wise, with the 4 3 3, pretty much the same as Roman. Yeah, I was, I'm glad you mentioned the, the three central defenders. I, I was curious to see where, if that had been completely binned or not. Uh, Yevgen, for you, what would, we, what would you consider a successful tournament for Ukraine? What, what, what would be considered success? and justification for all of the money that's been spent. <laughs> yeah, um, it's difficult to go success if you see how many money, how much money we've been uh, throwing, I would not say away, but uh, as Roman said, uh, this is a big, a huge problem about Ukrainian football. We put on the front line a lot of uh, offer, a lot of... We do everything for national team, and that's quite good, actually, but don't forget about the youth. So don't forget about the young players who actually, at this moment, at this stage, uh, couldn't uh, see anything about what's, gonna, what's going on in the future for them. And um, I hope that uh, Shevchenko will perform quite well. I hope that we will reach like uh, quarterfinal. This is my hope, actually. But as we talked about this before, those opponents that we have at this moment, we had this moment uh, before this uh, tournament, this doesn't give any good impression about in which on which stage 
uh, this moment we are. Yes, we won uh, last game and everybody happy about that. But the Dutch and the uh, Austrian will be totally different uh, opponents. So in my opinion, uh, it's hard to predict how Ukrainian team will perform, especially if you see how badly we play against Finland and Kazakhstan, how uh, difficult we play when we're going to play a second, very crucial match for us. I don't expect Dutch or I don't expect Ukrainian team play an um, amazing game against uh, Dutch because uh, overall Dutch team has more in potential on the paper, more um, quality. And if we lose this game, uh, it would be okay. But the second game, always we had a problem with second game. So this is the main question, how to um, take this game. Uh, do we have to play? We put all all our strength about um, on this game against, but on on the game with with Dutch team, or what, do we have to take uh, a little bit more easy and play crucial game against uh, Austria with uh, potentially best players? This is the most important thing, I think. Uh, about Sipanenka, Sipanenko and uh, Sidorchuk, I agree. Normally, I would say Sipanenko is 100% number one because he is the balance of this team. He is the most, I think, after Zinchenko and, uh, Zinchenko and Malinowski, most important player. But at this moment, at this stage, I would put Sidorchuk on, the, on his position because Sidorchuk played quite well season. Uh, Makarenko, in my opinion, is not ready for this game and he is quite... I like his calmness, but in, at this point, he's a different type, type of player. And don't forget Chaparenko. I hope he will get some uh, some minutes. I really, really like this player. Um, so, yeah, let's see how, it's, uh, how it starts. And I think after one game, we will understand where we are at this stage. Yeah. Ray, after that, do you agree with Yevgen? Would that constitute, you say? quarterfinals second round for you what would constitute success pretty much yeah uh, i'm always hoping for the best as i am always been a supporter for my national team uh i just have to point out that uh, we've beaten uh, greece back in the day when they were the champions of europe we've beaten portugal we've beaten spain and uh, we drew with france not so long ago so we have to be optimistic about it and we cannot be uh, you know, seen as uh, the middle-class team which uh, only has a chance with North Macedonia and Austria, we can conquer Netherlands, especially after their quite arrogant interviews. So, Ukraina Perez. Well said. Now, the games, as you said, they're not far away. We're playing Holland on Sunday night. 10 o'clock kickoff out here in Ukraine, 8 o'clock in the UK. Macedonia next uh, Thursday. It's afternoon kickoff, four o'clock Ukraine time, and then the big uh, sort of group decider against Austria is uh, a week on Monday, 13 days away, and again that's seven o'clock Eastern European time. Here at Ukraine Plus Football, uh, we'll be providing review shows after each of those group games, so keep an eye out for those coming out. But well, uh, gents, I hope you all enjoyed the tournament. We're, we're all looking forward to it. We've sort of had 10 months of extra anticipation for it. So thanks so much for joining us tonight, first of all. Uh, 
Yevgen, we really enjoyed the, the insight and the, the understanding you've brought to the show. Thank you so much. Um, for people who would like to follow on social media, do you have uh, any handles that they can find you on? Uh, yeah, you can you can follow us on Twitter, of course, and I would uh, say, yeah, I will try to do my best to, to do some more uh, footage from uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, if Twitter can follow me on Alevchenko would be nice. Uh, I would do my best to do as uh, correct, but also with and criticize this uh, the national team as as I try to do as always. Uh, Ross. Really appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much, mate. I uh, hope, hope you enjoy the tournament from, from both sides. Uh, <laughs> for people uh, who want to follow you on, on, on social, what, what are your handles? I'm seldom, well, it's my pre-season at the moment, so I'm seldom on it. So I'm having a nice break. But, uh, Russ Taylor Sky, if, uh, yeah, all I'm doing is chasing chasing my children around and being exhausted. But, uh, and following England and Ukraine, we've not had a great deal of success in major tournaments. So I go into it with, with no hopes or expectations whatsoever. So I'm glad you didn't ask my opinion. But uh, yeah, Russ Taylor and Sky. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, Peter. Thanks so much, mate, for joining us. I hope you're looking forward to the tournament as much as we all are. Uh, again, for you, mate, where, 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 what are your best social handles? Social handles. That's a new phrase. Hashtag it quickly. Uh, what are your social media handles for, for people who want to follow you on the next way? Yeah, firstly, thank you very much for having me on again. It's been uh, it's been fantastic. Some great insight and um, yeah, more build up and even more excited than I was an hour ago. So yeah, we're doing well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to hear my thoughts, uh, it's probably best to follow us on at Donet Square, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and we'll be there sharing our thoughts um, throughout the tournament. Have you got much coming up over the, through the tournament? Um, so we're finishing our kit countdown, our profiles, uh, and then to be decided during the tournament, we'll see how it goes. We'll probably do, um, obviously, our usual content, but we might do some live things as well, uh, a bit more, and sharing some uh, post-match opinions and, and things like that. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Thanks, Ike. Roman, thank you so much for joining us as well. Um, again, uh, what are your social media handles? Also, what have you got planned with Bombardier and everything else that's going on during the tournament? Uh, we have a big plans uh, at this tournament. Um, I, I would like, I plan to go to Amsterdam uh, next weekend. I try, I try. <laughs> now it's uh, such a problem to come, but I will try. So come to Telegram, maybe Bombardier, Twitter, Instagram, and you will see all of you want. We'll be clear, uh, we'll be give you for you truly information. Sometimes uh, give a positive about the national team, sometimes critique size like Johan said he's give uh, uh, sometimes criticize and I know Andriy Shevchenko don't like when Yevgen criticize his national team Andriy Shevchenko want only positive uh, but but we are a journalist we need to give a real information when it's a good game we need to say yes it's a good you very good coach good work but bad uh, bad uh, game we need to say it's a bad it's it's very badly why it was but Andriy Shevchenko don't want a badly criticized question. He only wants a positive. He wants fans and journalists uh, said only positive about him. Thank you, my friends. I'm really happy to, to hear you and practice my 
English before this big tournament. Uh, thank you so much for saying we've really enjoyed the insight that you've brought to the show tonight. So thank you so much. And uh, Ray and Andrew, Mr. Zoria Londonsk. Where would I be without you guys? Absolutely fantastic as always. I'm really glad that we're going on this this new adventure on the new podcast platform together, gents. Ray, for people at home, what are your social media handles? Where are the best to connect with you? Yeah, great stuff, Adam. I really, um, my social handle, social media handles would be Instagram, Ray Vic. Ah, fantastic. And uh, Andrew, over to you. Yeah, I've got a few messages just before we wrap up. So I will be hoping to be reporting live from all the group stage matches um, in Amsterdam and Bucharest uh, if all things go well. So please do follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Zoria Londonsk. Um, I'll be giving, you know, match reports, asking Shevchenko questions in the post-match and pre-match interviews and probably loads of other stuff that crops up during that. Um, and obviously, as we're on a new platform here, um, we'd like to ask all our new listeners, all our current listeners, um, if you could subscribe to us on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. That would be really appreciative just to, you know, get us uh, a nice new positive start for that. And yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. It's been actually really insightful probably the most guests we've ever had on a podcast so a good way to start and hopefully it <laughs> continues in the same vein and also just before we end we've been discussing you know Ukraine results and all that we've had a lot of one-alls but don't forget Portugal won one game at Euro 2016 and won the tournament Ukraine can do the exact same and we've seen them practicing penalties we saw Zinchenkov popping it in yesterday We've got every chance of doing the same. <laughs> Very well, Paul. What a great way to finish the show there, Andrew. Thank you so much. Send us off into a world of optimism. And let's say that's it for tonight, everyone. I'm Adam, of course, at Equifot24. You can follow me across all the social media platforms as well. But till next time, take care and stay safe, and we'll see you then. It's head, it's head, it's head, it's head, it's head.